your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thank you for coming out to Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. We've got an awesome group of comics. They're all in the back. They can hear you. Let's hear it for them. <laughs> who is doing? Who just did? Who, who did? Was that you? I can't even. Good job. Yeah, I feel like we gotta. Yeah, no, I'm not even gonna mic that. It's perfect. It needs nothing from me. And look at your fucking check socks. Cocky over there. Your shirt buttoned all the way. And then you did that and made that look cool. What are you working with? Let's hear for that guy. Just what an attitude right up top. I like his open, yeah, 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 yeah. You do, yes, you got me. You got me. You got me. Hey, I'm your host, Cameron Esposito. You can clap for me. Don't feel weird about it. Don't feel like, oh, she's a host. She's here every week. She doesn't want to be clapped. That's not true. I need to be, I would like it. Don't worry. Yeah, don't, don't, seriously, like, please do. You know what I mean? Like, don't feel like, like, don't feel like you shouldn't. I just want you to know you can't. Like, don't, I just don't want you to worry, like, oh, is it too much? You know, like, we clap every week. Is she sick of it? You know, like, is she, like, how, like, does she feel too adored? Like, is it okay? Like, she can't go to Albertsons. She waits in line at the grocery store. just clap. People just clap while she checks out. She's always got less than 10 items, so she goes real quick through. But she does that because she knows if she had more than 10 items, she'd have to wait in a longer line, and on the clapping would be too much for everybody at the Albertsons, and nobody would get their Rachel Ray dinnerware stickers. Huh? Where are my Albertsons shoppers? They just had a free Rachel Ray sticker giveaway. That's some specific shit. I'm, uh, last, last week was our one-year anniversary of having this show. It was, a great, it was a great success. We streamed it live, and 2,000 people watched it, and we raised uh, $1,500 for the LA Gay and Lesbian Center. That was really, that was a huge deal. We were so, I was so proud of that. We had an amazing lineup, and then also this week, still an amazing lineup. So do you see what I mean? One year plus one, still fucking amazing. Because I know there were some of you guys who were like, oh, did they peak at one year? Like 2,000 people watched, $1,500 for gay kids. How can they ever improve on that? And I say, just every week we will. You know what I mean? Look at this. Do you understand how connected I am? I'm looking at your eyes. Do you understand? I'm look at, you weren't even looking at me, but then when I adjusted, then you zeroed in on me. So this is the kind of control I have over you as an audience. This is a real Golden Globe speech up here, isn't it? I'm the Amy and the Tina, you know what I mean? I did go to Boston College, plus I have brown hair. Do you get that? Do you get that what I'm saying there? Do you understand that joke? It's pretty deep. Do you get it? Okay. How was your day? What'd you do today? You smiley fellow? You made your way over here? Fucking long ass trip. Did you do nothing else? You just woke up and you were like, oh, what is it, 8.55? I don't even know what time it is. That's the future. Who cares? It was a long day, but 
It was a long day. Do you have a? Do you do? Um, do you? Are you employed? What do you do? You what? You you work for Vans Shoes? Oh yeah. No wonder you've got that look. Yeah, it, like you can't look less cool than that. They would fight. They have to fire you. And those are Vans that you're wearing. Be honest. Okay. What if he wasn't wearing? That would be sad because that's how you'd lose your job right here. Because as you know, I've invited all of your bosses to this show. That's a part of the show. When you buy a ticket, I find out who your boss is and I invite them to the show. And they're backstage listening. You better not fuck it up by wearing Converse. Or some other shit. Well, I've been sick. I've been very sick. I've been ill. I was so sick last week. I, can't even, I had to go on steroids for my, for my fucking muscles, but also... <laughs> Something happened to my lungs, and I have an inhaler, and I had to go on steroids, and I haven't left the house since last Tuesday. So, this, is, this could explain some of this attitude that you're seeing right here. She seems kind of stream of consciousness, almost like she hasn't had a real conversation in one week. Well, you nailed it! I'm gonna talk to anybody, except for everybody that's on my Netflix. Well, I didn't actually watch too much Netflix, because I was... Mostly watching a lot of, um, you know what I like to do when I'm sick? Okay. I like to watch uh, edited together clips of the lesbian subplots in European soap operas. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube if you know how to look. You gotta take one character's name and then like an X and the other character's name, then you gotta do like season zero one, like episode three, part two. That's the formula. <laughs> Right now, I'd recommend Skins Series 3. It's decent. They are 15, though. That's tough. They have different child labor laws in the UK, and Skins is like a television show about teenagers, and there's a lesbian subplot where they're, like, really cute, and they're into each other, and I was feeling emotional plus, you know, vaginal about it, and... Then I looked up their ages, and because they have different child labor laws, they're actually 15. Like, they're real, like, they're playing, it's not Dawson being like, my hair is receding, and so I push it wherever, and I cover it with a flannel. Um, no, they're actually 15, and then sometimes they're in their underwear, which I don't even, that's not legal. Like, they actually tried to make that show. They tried to make Skins here in, on MTV. They tried to remake it, but it didn't go anywhere because they had to cast, like, 38-year-olds, and it didn't... It wasn't the same, like, raw, gritty smoking of weed when it's like, oh, you're 38, so of course you do. <laughs> There's less at stake, but I would recommend it. Um, I, uh, I had to go to a walk-in clinic. Not had to go. I didn't, like, oh, I had to... Like, I just... I went to a walk-in clinic because I'm still pretty new to L.A. I don't have, a, like, a doctor here, so I went to a walk-in clinic where you just, like, you just... Uh, oh, you walk in. That's what you do. I was going to say something else, but then I realized it's in the title of the thing. Um... <laughs> You go there, and you don't have to have an appointment, and then you wait for seven or eight hours, and then a doctor says, well, here's a bunch of medicine. Um, you feel fine, right? And then you leave. Um, but I will say that during the entire time that I was waiting, it was actually, it wasn't seven or eight hours, but I did wait for two and a half hours, maybe three, um, to get seen by a doctor. And the whole time I was waiting, there was a couple in the waiting room with me, and um, the woman was sitting on the man's lap for two and a half hours hours there were other chairs I don't want you to think oh walk-in clinic maybe that's the only chair no there was other chairs also standing could have taken turns could have stood 
But she sat on his lap for, for two and a half hours, and I just, the whole thing, like, I don't know, it was just this real visceral moment for me of what maybe it's like to be a man, uh, because 98% of the time, I think men are the dumbest. Um, <laughs> only because, like, only because, like, there, there's a, you know, I feel like a lot of guys, I felt a lot, a lot of guys I hear, like, you know, feeling uh, put upon. And then I want to be like, put up, you know, I understand that you feel put upon. Um, however, how does it feel to have everything? You know, like, it's, <laughs> like, I get that it's a heavy burden, but also, you know, you have it, right? Like, so it's tough, because, you know. But he was sitting there. Now, here's the thing. Like, it's not like she was a large woman. But that, there is no way. There is no way that two hours in, he wasn't like, this woman needs to get the fuck off of me. (laughs) Like, there's no way that he was like, I'm so pretty into this. They're at the doctor's office. It's not like he's like, it's not like they're at somewhere, we're sexy, somewhere sexy. It's not like they're... So it's their first date, I, th- I think. What if it was their first date? <laughs> no, they're at the doctor's office together. And I, I kept thinking, like, what if they're... I mean, I was wondering, like, are they here for, like, the morning after pill? But then you can get that without a prescription, right? Because that would be the only reason to sit on each other's laps. Like, <sighs> well, let's keep this going until we end it. Um... <laughs> Why would she sit on his lap? Why would he, why would, but she looked so smiley and he was just chilling. Um, and that, that's, there's no way that doesn't feel, that, there's no way that that doesn't hurt. But I feel like as a guy, that he can't be like, I mean, you can't win in that, because you can't turn to your girlfriend and be like, I think you need to, you want to switch? Because like, <laughs> you have to be like, I, it's fine. And um, you also have to, you have to be tough about it, right? And then also you can't tell your girlfriend that it, she's heavy in any way. Like, even the way that she has bones. Like, you can't even acknowledge, like, you have a weight. Which is greater than zero. And it's affecting my lap. Like, I, it made me think about... And I, I know I said that I think men are the I don't think men are the worst. I actually, I really, I, I have a lot of... I, I just, it's just sometimes I don't have compassion for men. But, like, but then... You have a moment like that, and you're like, oh, I, th- okay, yeah. No, that seems genuinely tough. Like, you just got to muscle through it. Like, you got to, you know, go to war for us. Um, I was also watching the Canadian television show Bomb Girls, which is about men going to war and women working in factories. So we did our part, too. Great lesbian subplot. But I was thinking about this time when I was in, I, the last time, the last, like, really serious, serious boyfriend I had, um, one time, he was a football player. He was really muscular, but he was in great shape. So he had, like, a teeny waist, but he was big. He was, like, I mean, mu- like, huge. He was, he was huge. And I remember one time he got out of bed. We were in bed together. What? <laughs> We'd been having uh, the three-fifths compromise, which is what I called the sex that we had. Because it's a funny joke, and also it wasn't really fully sex. <laughs> um, I mean, physically. <laughs> but he got out of bed and he put on my pants for a joke. He put on my pants 
and he was enormous, but they were stretchy, and they fit him because also he like men are tiny in the waist, and I was like I I think that's the well first of all that's that's why I'm like this, a lesbian. Um, no, but I remember being like, take those take those off. We're never having full sex now. I don't know why it felt like such a betrayal that he could put my pants on. I think it's just like, as women, we want to feel small and tight. I don't know why we even want to feel small and tight, even compared to each other. Like, we even do this to each other, where we're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, she's... So I can eat this extra chip because I'm with her, who is... She is larger. I don't know if you know this about women, but if you go out to lunch, whoever's smaller, they get to eat more chips. fucking true. That is fucking true. I'm trying to relax about that. I'm trying to relax about my bod also. I'm trying to feel good about my bod. Because um, I realize, like, oh, it's so... I mean, especially, you know, so then you're watching 15-year-old lesbians and you're thinking, like, oh, those were the days. But then you remember that even when you were 15, like, you didn't have that body. Or you did, but you didn't know. Like, what are what is the body... That, like, how are we supposed to... So I'm 32, and this is my body now. And it's not, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen, it's weird living especially here in Hollywood because the weird thing is, like, you can improve. Like, because there's, there's this idea, like, to say to yourself, like, well, I'm 32, this is the best my body's going to ever look. But that could not be true. Like, you can actually go, and somebody can fit, they can tighten it and make it, but then you look worse. <laughs> And I don't know how to, you know, like, how to wrap my mind around that. The problem of, like, of my skin, uh, you know, f- just feeling comfy in this skin. Uh, because there's always, that, there's always that feeling in your mind, like, well, I'll lose the weight. And then you realize, well, if you lose your weight and you're 32, it's a little bit bunchy. Your skin gets a little bunchy. <laughs> a lot of less than 32-year-olds fucking look forward to this. <laughs> you think it's going to get tight, but it doesn't get tight anymore. It just gets kind of like, oh, weird, there used to be stuff in there. And now there's a... Uh, a baggy area. <laughs> and you can get that tightened up, but I'll tell you, I, you know, you walk down the street here and you see the products of that and you just realize, well, okay, I mean, I can get that tightened up, but you do look like a... I mean, you look like that's what happened, right? You look like, like, you look like your mouth is meeting at the back of your head. That's what every half of the women here... Their skin is stretched in that way. So we're just going to be okay with ourselves, right? I mean, I think that's the moral of the story. Um, we're going to try to get there, I think. I think, uh, like, I guess, you know, if I could leave you guys with anything on this particular uh, topic, it would just be, like, when your chick is sitting on you and that hurts, let her know, and and that's okay. Um, Don't put on her pants still, I think. Probably don't wear her pants. But, like, know that you could. You know, you could put on her pants, but you're not going to because you're a gentleman, but you are going to save your own lap. Like, that's where I'm at with feminism. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you to wear my pants. Um, not any of you, uh, not any of you men, uh, please don't wear my pants. I want to wear your pants, for sure. That's 90% of being a lesbian, uh, is wanting to wear your pants. Um, but I can't, I gotta be okay with that, you know, and I can't, and I can't, uh, I can't fix it. Like, this is just the bod that I have in it. Unfortunately, it's got, it's got ladies' parts to it, and, um, and I'll just, uh, tuck it into the flannel that fits the, the closest, uh, to how I would like it to fit. And I'll go get my medicine myself. I feel like we did good with that. Yeah, sure. Thanks for the woo. Uh, we're going to move on. You should just clap. 
clapping because I feel like we did really well together there, but then I feel like you guys were like, oh, we want to clap. So then clap. Definitely feel like, hey, this gentleman that's coming to the stage right now, it's his first time in the show. He is from Boston. He is flying back to Boston immediately after he leaves this stage. So we're going to give him so much love because thanks. Thanks for making this your last stop, right? Am I right, guys? Oh, let's hear it right now for Mr. Ken Reed. Give it up for Ken. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I am from Boston. I actually grew up just outside of Boston in the suburbs. And I discovered this really weird thing about the town that I grew up in. I sort of uncovered this secret that for some reason no one had ever really figured out before. And what I figured out about my town was that you can leave. You can just leave whenever you want. Like there was a train that went in right into the city and it was a dollar and they don't check IDs. So I used to hang out in Boston proper a lot. So all the kids I grew up with thought I knew about city things like drugs and tattoos and abortions. Like they literally would like come to, they like, Ken's been to the city. You should ask him about that. And I don't know anything about those things. Someone one time, this poor girl, she asked me about an abortion and I was like, I know that you need a ride. Like, that's all I know that you need because I, I saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High and I only know things that I learned from movies. Like, that's the sum total of the things that I know. And she probably got a ride, so I guess I did good. But one day this kid, I, I didn't know him. He was on the football team. Uh, I know it's a surprise. And he goes, uh, I never talked to him before, and he goes, hey, Ken, you know where I can get some good drugs? I didn't then, and I don't know now. Like, I really don't know how to get drugs that have been prescribed to me at a pharmacy. Like, I don't understand my insurance. I was even worse off then. And I should have said that. I should have said, like, no, I don't know where you get good drugs. But for some reason, and I don't understand why, I went, Chinatown. Like, it just came out. Like, before I could even think about it, I just said, Chinatown. And then the kid's like, well, where in Chinatown? And again, this is my chance. I should have been like, you know what, man? I have no idea why I said Chinatown. I'm sorry. But instead, I went... 141 Fremont Street which is a random address in Chinatown that happens to be a butcher shop that I don't think sells drugs I don't even know where that came from so then the kid's like well what drugs do they have there and again I should have been like I know I said Chinatown I gave you an address I really but I went uh, Nuke which is a made up drug from Robocop 2 that's what Nuke is it, it only exists in the film RoboCop 2. It was not in the original RoboCop and it was not memorable enough to make it to RoboCop 3. That's what Nuke is. So like a normal cool person who's seen RoboCop 2, which I realize is redundant, should have been like, oh, that's from RoboCop 2. Good day to you. But instead, this kid was just like, awesome. So now I'm like, all right, let's see how far I can go with this. So I went, when you go in there, you make sure that you asked for Wang. Look, I was 14, all right? It's not, I'm not, I'm just giving you all the facts in full disclosure. It wasn't the best joke ever, but that's what I said. So this was Friday. Monday rolls around, and I see this kid lumbering down the hallway at me, and I'm like, now is when I get punched. And rightfully so, I earned that punch. This, is, this one's mine. And he goes, dude, I went to that place in Chinatown. I asked for Wang. He comes out, and I was like, holy shit. I don't think you understand what that information just did to my brain, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it cool. I asked for Nuke. He says he doesn't know what I'm talking about, and if I don't leave, he's going to call the cops. So I'm like, let's see what I can do to get out of this. So I went, uh, what were you wearing? 
And he goes, my football jersey and some jeans. And I was like, Jesus, man. He thought you were an undercover cop. And then he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me sum that up again. I sent a kid to Chinatown to buy a made-up drug from RoboCop 2. And the story ends with him apologizing to me somehow. I still don't understand we didn't do a lot of learning. We, uh, we used to really mess with... We, had, we pretty much only had substitute teachers, I think, in my entire high school. And uh, one thing we would do is uh, when they'd pass around the, the sign-in sheet for the role, we would write fake names until one day uh, this kid wrote a name and the teacher goes, Who? Who is Mickley Gordon? And this kid stands up and he goes, Yeah, it's uh, supposed to say Michael Jordan. She was like, everyone has detention, everyone in this room, including me. I think I deserve it for that. But this one kid, I wasn't friends with him, and he, I'm such a huge fan of his work. He did my favorite thing I ever saw in high school, and possibly my favorite thing I ever saw in my life, and I'm pretty sure this is his own invention. And what he would do is when we had a substitute, he would get a piece of paper and a pen, and he would write a horribly offensive sign, like the most offensive thing you could think of ever, write it on a sign, and then stick it to his own back. And then go up and sharpen his pencil or whatever. Genius move. Completely genius move. And normally what would happen is the teacher would be some, like, 22-year-old girl, and she'd be horrified, and that would be the end of it. But one day we had a Korean War veteran. And what transpired was as follows. So this kid, he's bored, because it's at least five minutes into the class. And uh, he writes this sign, and I want to apologize in advance for the content of this sign. I'm in no way endorsing what this sign said. I am simply reporting the facts of this sign to you uh, without comment. It said, I fuck my retarded brother. And it's not right, it's not right. But he put, that's what he wrote. So he went out in front of his class, he started sharpening his pencil, we all read it, and we all started laughing because we were 14 and we're from Boston. That's what happens. So the teacher is like, something's up, because I don't think these kids are laughing at me, and that's unusual. So he looks, he sees the sign, and now he doesn't know what to do. Because he doesn't know that this kid wrote the sign and put it on his own back. And he doesn't want to be the person who alerts him that this sign is there. So he just starts getting more and more angry, which makes us laugh more. So the kid that wrote the sign and put it on his own back is like, I'm not really getting enough of a reaction. So he walks over to this guy, and he goes, excuse me. Is there a sign on my back? And the guy grabs the sign. He almost took his shirt with it. And he grabs the sign and he goes, Which one of you animals did this? And I don't know if you've ever been accused of writing a sign that you know someone wrote themselves and put on their own back. But it's the only thing funnier than seeing someone write a sign and put it on their own back. So everyone starts laughing more now and this guy's like I just called them out on it and they just laughed that's all they did like so then the kid who wrote the sign and put it on his own back like I think I need to dial this up a little more so he takes a step towards the class and he goes you guys is it about my brother fell off chairs. That's the only time I've ever seen it happen. They literally fell off of chairs and injured themselves laughing at, is it about my brother? So now this guy, he can't believe it. And he goes, I was in the Korean War. You are the worst people I've ever seen in my life. 
So the kid that wrote the sign and put it on his own back is like, can I go to the nurse? He's like, absolutely, son writes him a pass. Kid leaves. Then the guy takes the next 45 minutes to tell us, you know, where in hell we're going and how hot we'll burn. It's just boring stuff. And so this is the greatest thing. This hasn't been the greatest thing thus far. This is the greatest thing. So while he's doing this, I look out the window and I see the kid who wrote the sign and put it on his own back leave the building. I see him wave to us, give us the double fingers, and walk home. Genius. This kid was a master. A master. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. right on rolling now we here's the thing about the ucb we do get celebrities <laughs> it's it's pretty exciting you know like just, we just we do you know we do get celebrities i don't want you to feel um too freaked out so so prepare yourself because uh, this next performer kind of a big deal um please ladies and gentlemen welcome uh the king under the mountain lord smog the impenetrable <laughs> Smog, King Under the Mountain. For short, you can call me Cum. You've probably seen me portrayed in the movie The Hobbit or perhaps on A&E Hoarders. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? you got to help me take a stand. I won't make it any other way. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. Does someone have gold here? <laughs> Does someone, who has gold here? Raise your hand. Is that gold? It reeks of gold. Is that gold? Can I have it? Please? How much? How about I let you live? I mean, what the fuck? Haven't you seen the movie? I will destroy you in this whole city for that gold. We'll see. Let me work the audience here. So, uh, where are you from? Let me guess, let me guess. Lake Town? The Shire? Shire? No. Bree? Conville, Mountainburg. As long as it's not Lake Town, I hate those fuckers. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> How many Bilbo Baggins fans here tonight? Yeah. Really? I call them dildo faggins. <laughs> you ever see him play with that ring all the time? He's like fingered like a little tiny asshole. Yeah. How about Gandalf? You guys like Gandalf? More like Jack off. You smell, have you fucked a dwarf? You smell like you've a dwarf. You fuck dwarves? Okay. What else is going on? What about this Puff the Magic Dragon? Is that guy a pussy or what? I mean, him and Jackie Paper, what the fuck? The kid grows up and all of a sudden the dragon wants to die. What a wussy. Yeah. Honolulu. What else I got going on? Down some shit here. No, oh, here's a good one. I love to date hobbit women. They give good blowjobs. They don't have to get down on their knees. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Working on some parody songs. Do a little Neil Young. Maybe you deserve to be burned down. No. If I leave here tomorrow Will you still remember me? Probably. I burned down your whole fucking village and stole all your gold. Cause I must be traveling on now There's too many places I got to see And by see, I mean burn down and steal all their gold. If I were to stay here with you, girl Things just wouldn't be the same After all, I did burn down your village and steal all the gold For I must be traveling on now Cause this bird you cannot change Everybody! And this bird you cannot change. And this bird you cannot change.
No one's saying, I'm burning down LA tonight. Good night, everybody. Wow, wow. Guys, let's give her a smile. Yeah, I think I smog. No, I think I'm saying it right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. On an unrelated note, uh, smog stepped in last minute uh, when one of the founders of this theater, Matt Besser, had to drop out. So one more time for smog for just like. I mean, honestly, I think his comedy is like a little bit. You know, he's got some. He's got. He's got. He's got. Uh, you know, but it is. You know, when somebody's that famous, you'll let them do time. You know what I mean? Like you won't. He's currently in like a hit movie. Um, so. Hey, this next comic. He was here at our very first show. We love the shit out of him. Uh, at put your hands together. Let's hear it right now for the very amazing Mr. Steve Agee, guys. Give it up for Steve. Come on. <laughs> I, I was looking uh, at the uh, Put Your Hands Together Twitter, which hasn't posted since April <laughs> of last year. Yeah, of last year. And uh, they had photos from the very first show, which I did. And there was two photos of me. And one, I was like, it looked like I was yelling at somebody in the audience. And then there was another photo where I'm laying on the ground like this. <laughs> And I'm just, like, talking into the mic, I guess. And I was like, I don't have any jokes where I've done that before. And so I, I took a screen capture of the photo, and I was sending it to everybody I know, going, what, do, what, do I have a joke where I do this? Because it looks funny. And everyone was like, no, I have never seen that before. <laughs> And, uh, like, for an hour, I was like, I want to know what this is. It looks fucking funny. <laughs> and then uh, I texted Cameron, and she's like, well, you could just listen to the podcast because it's on there. And so I listened, and it's just me talking about death. And this, there's a, a thing in Japan called Kodakushi, and it's a huge problem in Japan where people just die. Like, it's a huge problem. People die by themselves like out in their apartment or places and they don't have loved ones to find them and then weeks or months later the police find them and there's just stains like there's not even bodies there's just these stains in the ground and Kodakushi translates to lonely death like is there really any other kind of death like there's no death that's like hey we're dying you and me it's not like you're on your deathbed and you're like, I don't want to do this alone. Mike, Mike, come with me, please. Mike, please. I, w I wish I had a better bit for this because this is really comfortable. I, I want to be like the lazy comedian that's like, have you seen that guy? He just lays down. He does a whole act, but he, he never references laying down. Whenever I do a TV show, I, the first thing I do is look in the script to see how active I am. No joke. I, I'm always like, because I was on a show uh, with Sarah Silverman when I played a guy who's just stoned and playing video games all the time. And so I'd get the, the scripts and I'd be like, oh, sweet. This scene, I'm just on the couch. 
And, uh, boy, I don't know where I'm going with this, you guys. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't want to start off by bragging, but I recently... Oh, I'm getting lightheaded. I recently... Had, I don't want to start off by bragging, but I recently had sex with a suicide girl. Thank you very much. Thank you. Not one of those tattooed girls from the website who's fucked a girl who shot herself two days before. Whatever. That bullet hole wasn't going to fuck itself. I'm kidding. Like, I have to say I'm kidding. I think that guy was serious. (laughs) I've got a problem with... People will always say, to girls specifically, uh, make sure, to young girls, like make sure, or parents, make sure you teach them to wipe front to back. You gotta wipe front to back when they, like, guys gotta do that too. I don't want shit on my balls. I was just thinking about, (laughs) I don't have a joke about that. I was like, that's for everybody. What guy is just like dragging it? (sighs) Oh, there we go. Time to go to the beach. What's that stain on your stomach, man? <laughs> oh, I just took a shit. Why? How do you wipe? Back to front. You're not supposed to do that. No, girls aren't supposed to do that. No, everybody's not supposed to do that. <laughs> Never fails every time I almost wash my car, it almost rains. Nope, okay, I'm not going to do that one anymore this year. This is a very exciting time in my web browser's history. Nope, I won't do that one again. I'm trying out a bunch of new jokes for the new year, and uh, I'm just going to go back to laying on the ground. Um, I have a friend who just moved into a loft downtown, and it's really annoying. Actually, when anybody goes downtown, it's annoying. In fact, any time you're with a group of people and the subject of downtown L.A. comes up, some asshole in the group will eventually say some shit like, oh, you know, they've really cleaned up downtown L.A. Downtown's really nice now. They put a lot of money into it. There's the whole arts district, and it's, it's safe now. Downtown's really nice, and they put a lot of money into it. I think they need to put a little bit more money into that effort because... Three days ago, I was driving down Alameda Boulevard and saw an old lady shitting on an ATM. No joke, shitting on an ATM, which is sad. If she had gone inside, she could have saved $2 on the uh, feed. Uh, Okay, I'm going to, I'll workshop that one. Okay, there's something there. Um... uh, I got the light. We'll, um... Uh, oh, this is one I haven't done in a while. <laughs> this is an old favorite. Uh, I, I was talking to a girl on a phone. On a phone. On the phone. <laughs> like, uh, the 1800s. You know about phones? I was talking to a girl on one. No, I was talking to this girl on the phone. And, uh, and uh, it we'd been talking for a really long time. It was late at night. And uh, I, we'd been talking for so long, I had to go to the bathroom. And she... And I'm like, hey, can I call you back? She's like, why? I go, I have to pee. She's like, so just go pee. I don't care. I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is no big deal to me. I just didn't want to be rude. And so I go to the bathroom, and I'm, I've like got the phone cradled here. 
and I'm like peeing. <laughs> I'm peeing. And uh, as soon as the, my pee hits the water in the toilet and makes a sound, this girl goes, oh, God, that's so hot. <laughs> swear to God. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I can hear it. And I'm like, yeah, that's pee. That's piss. She's like, yeah, but it's coming out of your dick. I'm like, what are you saying? She's like, it's hot. She's like, I'm like, that's pee. And she's like, well, your dick can make any sound and it would be hot. Oh, really? If my dick started coughing right now, would that be hot to you? If my dick did its famous Fran Drescher laughing impression? <laughs> Those are my cock sounds. And it's also my favorite Beach Boys album. It's a long way to go for that joke. All right. Uh, all right. Thanks, you guys. You've been great. Enjoy the rest of the show. That's Steve Agee. Oh, shit. He's so funny. You know, I was downtown today, and I was walking through. Uh, there's a park here. There's uh, MacArthur Park, which they uh, somebody not only left the cake out in the rain, they sold it drugs. Um <laughs> Because uh, that park is there's a lot. Of, hey, there's some drug trafficking that's going on in there, and a lot of uh, a lot of folks that are dealing with some mental health issues, and they probably and there's a lot of uh, folks that live outside, um, and there uh, was one game of soccer going on. I was just walking. Through, I was early for uh, for an appointment, so I was just walking through the park, and uh, I mean, you know, people live in this park. And there's, there's ducks in the park, but sad ducks. You know, like the, just like the ducks that are like, we tried to get out and we couldn't. You know, like just like... Like I, I actually saw um, a pigeon that was dying for a really long time. And it kept rotating like a sundial of just like, oh, it's still worse. You know, just like it was trying so... And you can't even... How do you help a pigeon... I should have just crushed its head, and I'm not. Don't judge me on that. I would have been a hero. That they can't help. These there's something is in there. A bad sickness is in there, and I'm already on steroids. I'm not going on pigeon steroids. Um, so he was dying, and it was set. people are fishing, and the lake is a, not a lake you should fish in. It's it could just be a cooler. It's as clean as a cooler that has just been filled with sandwiches and then the sandwiches are over some of them fell out of the bag and then that the the leftover ice that's melted that's what people are fishing in um and there's a soccer game going on with like a whatever ball they could find it was and there's a tar there's tarps and this is i mean i'm not i'm not making this is it's intense and i was trying to keep like my just like you know, these are this is these are people. You're like, let's just be cool. Let's just like go for a walk. And it, there's grass here. And then I got wolf whistled at. Hard core wolf whistled. Like I can't wolf, but I mean, it was like it was. I mean, imagine a cartoon wolf, and then a hotter cartoon wolf walks by. That sound. You know what I mean? But here's what was crazy. One person heard this, and another person across the park was like, where? <laughs> Is there someone new? And 
saw, now here's what I was wearing. Um, this, I was wearing uh, tight black jeans and boots, a button-down flannel shirt and a jean jacket, and my arms uh, pretty aggressively in my pockets uh, as a way of signaling I'm fine with this lake. Um, And just the optimism of that, because I pretty... I mean, it wasn't a woman, uh, because women don't wolf whistle. They don't, actually. That's true. I don't think women know how to do that. Are there any women here that know how to wolf whistle? Do we have anybody that can do... Yeah. <laughs> See? Do you understand? <laughs> Did you hear that? That was terrible. That was a woman trying to... Push you! <laughs> yeah. That's because we know that... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's also part of the... Yeah, it's, I guess it's... I mean, I, when, why are men doing that? Do, are there men here that do that? Do, you, do we have any men here that are like, I'm pretty staunchly in favor of wolf whistling. <laughs> do we have any men that do that? And if so, why are you doing that? What's the... I've always wondered what the desired result is uh, to a wolf. Because it's always just going to be like, fuck you forever, is what I'm going to say. And I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm going to be like, no, is what I mean. Um, I don't mean I'm going to fuck you for... That's what they want. But that's not what they're going to get. Um... <laughs> Like one time, I used, I used to ride my bike a lot when I lived in Chicago. One time I was riding my bike next to my sister. We were both riding our bikes together. I was riding my bike, she was static. Um, I was riding my bike next to my sister, she was static. No, we were, riding, we were both riding bikes, and a white van drove past, like a big uh, kidnapping van, like an SVU van, um, drove past, and a guy yelled out the window, Nice ass! To my sister, she has a better ass than me. I knew it wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> And she was ahead of me, so it didn't. She, he didn't say it until he passed me and was like, eh, decent." And then he was like, "Nice one." When he got to her, he said, "Nice ass." And then he stopped at a light, like a little bit ahead of me, and I started just like racing on my bike, and I and I started yelling, "Oh, that's my sister! Shut the fuck up about my sister!" Um, and then the light turned green, and then he just drove away because he was in a van, which is much faster than a bike. And I still yelled for a while. Um, and again, like, I, actually, I think that was my form of a wolf whistle because I don't know what I was expecting. Like, that the van was, that the guy was going to be like, oh, oh, that's your sister? Oh, no, I mean, sorry. Uh, <laughs> if I had known it was your sister, never have said that about her ass. Hey, I respect you. That's what he would have said at the end. No, that's the frustrating thing about being a, um, on a bike is that, you know, as a woman, you, you get those wolf whistles and you still you feel like you're on a mode of transportation. You feel like, I'm going to be able to get this guy and then when I you know, see him, I'll tell him about my rights. And um, <laughs> you can't catch up. You can never catch up because there's always a green... They have uh, gas and um, an engine. So... What I did was I kept walking, um, and then, today, I kept walking, and then somebody um, fell over on the path ahead of me. Just fell over, um, I think due to intoxication. And then a third whistle, <laughs> right after that. I like to think it was the, for the drunk person. <laughs> no, I, I feel like, um, again, you know, 
while it was upsetting to me and I felt a little bit unsafe, maybe I should be looking at this in a different way. And maybe the way I should be looking at it is, hey, thanks for still having a dream. (laughs) You live in a tough place, and here's this duck, and I'm obviously a lesbian. (laughs) But I'm glad that you think... And also for the third person, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to the first person. I'm talking to the person who is like, I live in a park, and I'm on drugs, and that pigeon is dying. And two other people have already whistled, and that guy just fell over. But maybe she just needs one more. And to that person, I salute you. Yeah. Hey, uh, this next comic, she is in town from New York. She was just on uh, Chelsea Lately last night, which is great. Happy for her on that. And she'll uh, be at the IO, at the IO Theater here in uh, L.A., IO West, on Thursday doing her one-woman show, Bad Bride. And uh, you guys are going to get a chance to see her right now. Let's hear it right now for Julia Rossi. Give it up for her. Come on. <laughs> start off bragging she didn't include this in my credits but i just made my 22nd appearance on youtube thank you and uh they keep asking me back and i did i put a stand-up video up and in the video uh i did a joke about rape i was against rape in the joke thank you again and the first comment i got i'm guessing it was from a guy i couldn't tell by his dragon avatar but the first comment first comment number one was I don't think she has to worry about getting raped. That was the first comment. Oh, yeah. Don't feel bad. Uh, The second comment I got was, I'd rape her. I'd rape her. (laughs) Rapeable. So I felt better. I felt terrified is actually how I felt. Like, any video of a woman doing comedy on the internet, the comments are always like, oh, she's funny, but wouldn't have sex with her. I'd have sex with her, but she's not funny. So, according to commenters, women can only have one talented hole. And I want all my holes to be talented, right? High five in the front row. I, uh... Like, don't even look at a video of a woman doing comedy. Like, just like, go like go to YouTube, watch a video of a baby. Like, type in, like, baby eating, right? It'll be like a baby eating cereal. Mom videos it, not realizing the internet is public, thinking just Nana in South Carolina is going to see the video. And then, like, some guy goes on there and he's like, yo, this baby sucks, right? And then <laughs> and there's, like, another commenter's like, yo, this baby, fuck this baby, right? And then someone else is like, yo, this baby looks like a faggot. And then just, like, a bunch of people start being like, faggot baby, faggot baby. And, like, YouTube should just be called faggot baggotbaby.com because that is the essence of evil <laughs> I actually after a show somebody's like you should buy the domain faggotbaby.com and so I did and now I don't know what to do with it uh, so if anyone has any kind suggestions I will take them I I showed the uh, rape comments to my then boyfriend and he read them and then he walked away for a moment and he came back and he very sincerely goes babe I gotta be honest with you. I don't think guys that rape are cool. And I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, that is so brave of you to admit. Um, so unique in your opinions. We broke up about six months ago. Not a bit, true. Um, and uh, he is a personal trainer. Has anyone here ever dated a personal trainer? Toward the end of the relationship, when the love was fading, I really felt like he was only having sex with me and again an extra cardio. Like, it was just... <laughs> 
because he was just like like counting reps. He'd be like one, two, three, four, and he had on ankle weights and a heart rate monitor. And then there was this like like guy in the corner in an Ed Hardy shirt being like, "You got this, bro. You need a spot." And it was just like weird. Uh, thank you for almost clapping and then deciding not to. Um, I went. Uh, so cool. Uh, I I like. I mean, I I like sex still. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having sex. I love doggy style. Uh, a witch is lying around all day and only getting excited when food is around. That's what that is. That's what. Oh, uh, you did a full clap. I appreciate that. She did two um, after the other. I'm doing that thing. So like, you know, I'm I'm dating and uh, I guess I'm basically like hooking up with people and then they like might tweet at me. Like it's like a weird. That's what dating is, I guess now. And then you hang out with them and you try to talk about things and they're like, no, I already saw that you posted that. And then you just stare at each other and you go home. But I uh, generally and like I doing this thing that I do when I was a teenager, which is like everyone gets a nickname. I don't know if any. I think women do it. I don't know if guys do it. But like my friends would be like, yo, you hanging out with news? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna hang out with back rubs tonight. And it's just like everyone has these like weird names. They're like, how are things with sad clown? I'm like, I'm not seeing sad clown anymore. What are you crazy? I'm seeing unemployed. Like it's just like everyone has <laughs> nicknames. And I feel like the one is the one who doesn't have a nickname. Like I feel like that is gonna be. That's not really a joke. It's more like a, a pray to the universe um, that I meet someone who isn't annoying and gets a nickname. But, I, but one thing I'm having an issue with, not really an issue, so, okay, so before this guy, so I was in with this guy for five years. Before that, I was with a guy for nine years, married one of those years. <laughs> things and um we actually had the best divorce ever if that's possible i know this because i wrote on facebook i'm getting a divorce and he was the first one to click like so that's how we kind of let everyone know that we were cool and we had like a big wedding big italian wedding i'm italian and if you've ever been to an italian wedding there's always like 10 like old women that you're like i guess i'm related to you i don't know they're like in house slippers and they're just like crying the whole time but they're happy but they oh, like old italian women always sound like they're weeping like they're like Julia, i'm so happy you get a man like that's what old italian women sound like and that's why old Italian women can only be housewives because what other job can you have with that voice? Like, can you imagine being, hello, I'm your Captain Marie. Sit back, relax, and You know, like that's, and that, that's what that is. But so I'm single for the first time in 14 years and I don't know uh, what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'll have, like, I have like casual sex or whatever. And like, this is the thing, like, I don't want to speak for all women. Like sometimes I have casual sex and I'm like, oh yeah, this is totally casual. I don't like this guy. But sometimes I go into it thinking I'm having casual sex and they like, like fuck me so deep that like their dick hits my heart. You know what I mean? And I'm like, ow, 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 I'm in love with you. You know what I mean? It's like your like cock heart. It's a condition. Um... <laughs> And it's just like, no. But um, I had a friend, my friend was trying to like warn me about how like scary it is dating. And she told me this horrible story. She told me that uh, her friend's friend, right, went on a blind date with this guy. They made out. Friend got a mouth rash. Do you know this girl? Yeah, it's a fucked up story. So, okay. (laughs) Friend gets a mouth rash. She goes to the doctor, says, what is this? Doctor says, that's formaldehyde poisoning. Do you work in a morgue? She says... I don't, but the guy I went on a date with does. A week later, that guy got arrested for having sex with dead bodies. That story is so gross, it makes you want to kill yourself, right? Don't kill yourself, that guy's gonna fuck you. So, thank you so much. 
love that joke. Let's do it for Julia Rossi one more time, guys. left both of them are amazing uh this next fellow he is in from new york and when he emailed me to get on the show i was so stoked because he, he's not been on our show yet and i'm so excited to have him on for the first time he's uh, you've seen him uh, all over the tv and uh you're gonna see him right now let's hear right over christian finnegan guys give it up for him come on thank you cameron i'm sorry i went through the wrong door and just smashed into you um Lovely to see all of you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I came into town yesterday. Uh, I think I made it six hours without hearing a Jack Johnson song <laughs> playing in one of the local cafes. Um, fuck that guy. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. You guys might not remember him. The patron saint of frat hippies. <laughs> Do you know what a frat hippie is? That's the kind of guy who's like, I'm such a hippie because I smoke weed and I wear sandals in the middle of February. And I was once accused of date rape. It's like we're, <laughs> we're those two personality types intersect as your classic Jack Johnson fan. Um, I don't like hate him the way you might hate like a, like, a, like a Kesha or a Bieber or something like that. Like I acknowledge that this is a guy who plays an instrument and he, he writes songs and that's all well and good. I just don't understand the worldview of Jack Johnson. Like, whatever it is about human existence that makes him say, I gotta write a song about this, I have never felt those feelings ever. <laughs> like, some music, even if you don't like it, you'll, you'll understand it. Like, I'll hear a Metallica song, and even if I don't like it, I'll be like, okay, I have felt that before. Like, I am the master of puppets. Like, like I get that. <laughs> I often feel like the master of puppets. I understand that on a cellular level. And I understand, like, Joni Mitchell. Like, oh, it's a rainy Sunday afternoon, and I'm sitting in a window seat with an Irish knit sweater pulled over my knees, and I'm crying and doing a little secret cutting. Like, like I get that, too. <laughs> but that Jack Johnson vibe, I don't know. I've never felt that. That's, it's, like, how do, it's like lazy sexy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're doing it. Oh. <laughs> Is that a toucan? Bleh. Like, I just... Never felt lazy, sexy, ever. I feel lazy rather often. And occasionally I feel sexual. But even that is like, I am the master of puppets. But it just never is. Don't get sand in your vagina. Like, I don't. Probably too filled with hate, I think. Um,. I was working a couple nights ago, and when I say working, I mean drinking with my laptop open. And, uh, <laughs> you know that old ruse? I'm gonna go to a bar and get some work done. Sure you are. Uh, a pint of IPA and Reddit. Um, and I was just sitting behind, uh, there's two guys that are sitting behind me, these like sort of muscle, like Mookie type dudes. And just every single thing they said was like a drone strike on my will to live. Do you ever hear an, a, overhear a conversation that just undermines your desire to be alive, period? Like, you'll hear somebody say something, and you'll just be like, <laughs> uh, The guy, just was like one cliche after another. One guy is like, hey man, you know my feeling is, you're either going to love me or you're going to hate me. Really, those are my only two options, love you or hate you? I am ready to solve this puzzle. Who would say that that you would not hate immediately? You're either going to love me or you're going to hate me. Well, I find you adorable. That will never happen, <laughs> ever. You will absolutely loathe that person. 
And he's like, hey man, people can want me to change, but I gotta be me, right? I gotta be me. Question, why do you have to be you? You're awful. Why not find someone better than you and just be that person? Just throw a rock, hit someone better than you, and just do whatever shit that guy does. You don't have to be you, for the record. No one gives a shit who the fuck you are on the inside. It doesn't matter. If you want to be a good person, do good things. That's all there is to it. Like, if you steal my wallet, you are a thief, no matter what you think about yourself on the inside. If you donate money to charity, you are a philanthropist. If you read People magazine, you are the worst. You, you see? Like, saying I gotta be me is not a hall pass to just be a dickhead, you know? Like, like Hitler could not have used that for an excuse. Like, I gotta be me. I mean, I'd love to say the Jews, but I gotta be true to myself. Right? I gotta be me. Gotta keep it real. That's how that started, by the way. It's just keeping it real. Keeping it real. Right in there. Uh, stupid. Um, I just I don't like it when people say things that sound as if they're being humble when, in fact, it's like a stealth brag. Has anyone ever said to you, I'm my own worst critic? Are you? Are you sure? No one could possibly be more critical of you than you are? I used to bartend years ago. I was a terrible bartender, and I would have this boss who would just dress me down in front of the entire staff, and he'd be like, Hey, man, I know I'm being hard on, but remember, I'm even harder on myself, guys. I'm my own worst critic. I was like, wow, that is amazing, because I think you're a huge douchebag. So you're saying you want you dead, too? Because that's how I feel about you. I just went ahead and assumed I hated you more than you hate you, but apparently that's not the case. Not one person in this room is his her, or her own worst critic, for the record. None of you. Doesn't make you a bad person. Sure, maybe once a week you have some sort of momentary self-esteem meltdown where some guy or girl doesn't call you back or that pair of jeans that used to fit doesn't quite fit anymore and you lie in bed, you think, oh my God, I'm such a worthless piece of shit. Guess what? Somewhere out there, someone thinks that about you all the time. <laughs> like not once a week, that is 24-7, 365, that person's opinion. Just take a moment and ask yourself, who is the person? who thinks that about me all the time. And am I married to her? <laughs> I am married. Sorry, fellas. Uh, I give off a certain high school drama teacher vibe. Uh, and scene. Um, About a year ago, my wife told me that she was sick of living in New York City. She wants to move, and I was so proud of her when she said that because uh, you're not a real New Yorker until you're pretty sure you'd be happier somewhere else. That's, that's when you know you're legit. Uh, like, I, I've been there since I was a teenager. I love it, but it's like a complicated relationship. Uh, like, I love New York the way Rihanna loves Chris Brown. <laughs> like, I know it's not good for me, but... Let us pray. Um... <laughs> She wants to leave. I don't. So we had to compromise. Uh, about a year ago, we, we put together our savings, and we bought, like, a little Unabomber shack, uh, like a little dingy cabin up in the Catskills, about two and a half hours in upstate New York, uh, that we go to when we want to get off the grid, which is nice for her because she grew up in Texas in the middle of the woods. Like, it reminds her of her childhood. I grew up in the suburbs. I've lived in the city since I was a teenager. So to me, the deep woods has always meant one thing and only one thing. Murder. <laughs> 
right? The woods equals murder. That's, that's the way it is. Like when the realtor was like showing us houses, she'd be like, well, if you look under here, you'll see this house has crawl space. I'm like, oh, that's where the bodies go, of course. That's what crawl space is, is like a rotting corpse storage unit. Uh, I like it now. It's been about a year. I'm adjusting. I'm getting kind of woodsy. I own a chainsaw now, which should be illegal, I think. Do you know that you can just go buy a chainsaw? There's like no testing. You can just go get it. Like you have to take a series of tests to drive an automobile, but you can just plunk down 200 bucks and they'll just give you this torture device. I didn't even know that you could use a chainsaw to cut down trees. I thought it was strictly for ripping through human flesh, but apparently it cuts branches as well. Uh, my friends won't come visit us because they feel like I used to feel. They're always like, well, what do you guys do when you go to the woods? It's like, well, if it's the summertime, we have like a fire pit. We sit outside and we make s'mores and we look at the stars. It's really nice. My friend's like, dude, that's like the first scene in every horror movie right there. <laughs> no, that's how they always start. There's the couple and they're in the woods and they're in love and then the murderer shows up. And I say, first of all, we're not that in love. Let's bring it down. Uh, it's been 11 years. Let's be realistic. Uh, more importantly, I am not scared because I am 40 years old. My wife is 42. We are way too old to be murdered in a horror movie. Like, neither of us is young enough or fuckable enough to be targeted by a guy wearing a hockey mask. I mean, we are, like, aged out of danger. Like, you guys, you guys are not in that position. You can't do that. Like, like I, I'm just going to guess how, like, early 20s, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. 19. Oh, my God. So dead. So dead. You cannot... Don't go to the woods, young lady. You're a lovely 19-year-old girl. You'll be dead in an hour. I've seen it happen. You'll be in your underwear like, Kevin? You'll be dead. Immediately. Can't. She can't. The only thing she has in her favor is she is brunette. Sometimes brunettes survive. Blondes always fucking die. Blondes... I don't make the rules. Blonde women and black dudes cannot go into the woods. They will die... Especially not together. No, no. Me, 40-year-old white dude, totally safe. You will never see a horror movie about a dude who goes around killing 40-year-olds. It'd be the shittiest movie of all time. Just some dude with a chainsaw creeping through the woods. He looks in a window. He sees my wife and I arguing over our Netflix queue. We were on Breaking Bad season three, not season four. You watched those episodes without me, didn't you? This is why we don't have sex anymore. And the murderer would be like, I'm going to leave you guys alone. You guys are going to freaking me out. This is some frat boys. I think we'll go murder them. He said, uh, you guys have been purely delightful. Have a lovely night. Bye-bye. stage uh, co-producer of this room is Rhea Butcher is going to come out right now let's hear for Rhea guys give it up for Rhea Hello. Anna Co, how you doing buddy oh pretty good I just uh, won my softball game you won your no you have a cool look on don't, oh, don't hey don't throw yourself under that bus oh no I that mean, bus I, of softball team ladies I painted a garage today you too you painted a so. garage no you didn't we don't have a garage <laughs> you're a lie she's lying to you it's the outfit um, you got a great outfit you look Thanks. cool um, thank you hey you know, uh, it get out there and win yeah. for the Cubs. You know what I mean? You hurt your arm, and so now you're going to... Okay, that was yep. a really specific movie hey. reference. Um, you know what? We have a dog. We do. Little tiny dog. Yeah, he's five months old. Yep. He's super baby. Uh, and so Little we've uh, 
We've been taking him to the um, dog park. Baby's first dog park. Baby's first dog park. It really is cute. weird. Who has been to a dog park? Uh, clap if you've been to a dog park. Now, follow-up question. Do you own dogs? Okay. So less half. people. What the fuck's yeah. up with the rest of you guys? What are you doing? Are you all right? Don't little, go there. What are you doing? What a bunch of weirdos. No, um, that was a trap. I trapped you. I'm sorry. That was mean. Um... We took him to the dog park, we and uh, well, one time I went by myself. You did, and he is not fixed yet. Not yet. We're getting him fixed on Friday. I'm getting him fixed. Uh, Sorry, yeah. dude. Oh, it's a, it's a weird <laughs> thing to be into, but yeah, his Ball balls are out of here. Yeah, she fucking hates balls on dogs. <laughs> she hates it. Why are you Disgusting. so into that? Uh, yeah, too many strays. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. More people should now. Now I turn on the rest of you. At first, what's I was like, "What's she up to?" And now that she's like, "Well, dogs are dying," then I'm like, "I agree." The rest of you are just going to dog parks, and you don't want dogs' testicles to be removed. What's wrong with you guys? What a bunch of weirdos! I took him by myself, and he got an erection, and he went to a lady dog, and he tried to have sex with her, which I get is the natural order of things. But um, I didn't realize, like, that that dog would have an owner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you imagine getting a dog, well, first of all, you don't imagine that it's hard. Uh, You're just like, that was hey. the wrong word. Um, <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. And then you don't imagine that your dog is going to grow up no. in five months. One day take just a lady Just be ready for sex. Five months in, yeah. Just working erection. Lay it on the line. And he knows what women are. You know what I mean? It's confusing. Yeah. Uh, I used to be a nanny, and babies different than that. Yeah. A lot different They're than different. dogs. Um, but we went the other day. We took him the other day together. Yeah. Unified front. Yes, we were. Hmm? We were going into the dog park, and there were two women walking across the street to the dog park Oof. with dogs just... Basically, you know when somebody does that lasso trick and they're just spinning the lasso and their little legs going? That's what that dog These was doing. These women were bad with their dogs. They were just, I don't know what's wrong with them, just spinning around. Yeah, they were, they were saying that to their dogs, stop barking. Stop. God, stop barking. Eleanor, what is up stop with you barking. today? She's weird today. Oh my God. What is, are you she hasn't gonna, had her coffee. What a weirdo. Like, too much. Just normal human speech to a dog, which is the worst person with a dog. Yeah. That's the worst person with a dog. That is the worst person with a dog. Um, because you don't know how to convey to them like, uh, nope, that's uh, not. Uh, mm-mm. Whoop, uh, that's never going to work. Hold on to stop doing that. Yeah, but you want to help because it's not like they're like being aggressive towards no. the dog. Like, if they were being... being cruel, then you could just be like, "Here's what you need to do: stop doing that." But when someone's just trying to have a human conversation, yeah, it's hard to figure out how to help because you want to be like, "Everything is wrong with you. You're not doing anything right." Yeah, I'm. Or like, as a person, you don't know about animals. Not one bit. Yeah, and you shouldn't be in relationships. You should not be around other people. No. Not dogs, not people. No. Leave us your dog and get out of here. Get out of here, lady. But, so she um, brought the dog in, mm-hmm. and then it commenced being a complete bully to all of the dogs that were yeah. pretty much chilling, Jack Johnson style, uh-huh. in the dog park already. Yeah. I mean, there was a dog with a tiny little, I don't even know. Oh, we saw a imp- peg leg dog! Improvised peg leg dog. Yeah! And that poor guy was scooting around. 
with a floppy leg. He was also decent at going up only on his yes. front legs. He pow, was pow, hi- pow, 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 pow. A hydraulic dog. He turned on Lowrider and he was he like, was what's a hydraulic dog? It's pretty great. Pow, pow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> California he, love. And I want to be clear with you. <laughs> and I want to be clear with you when I say he had a peg leg. I don't mean like, I've seen a dog in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, which is so sad, but also like, yay. You're right. You know, like you're so bummed, you're but you're like, it. it looks like a sleigh. You're like, what a weird robot. Um, it looks like a, it looks like a dog train. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'll you ride that put train. it around I mean, a Christmas like, tree. Yeah, yeah, you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get on on that train and ride. What's the worst that? Anyway. Um, yeah. but he had. Like a little teeny, he was a teeny little dog. Teeny. It was like a chamois, like somebody used a chamois. Like a chamois, and wrapped With, it around his it little toe. It was like toe. a chamois, and then on the end of it, a tennis ball, like a ba- like a teeny tennis ball. Like you know how you know how um, walkers, you know, like when walkers, and then and then they put tennis balls on walk, like old people yeah. put tennis balls, which is weird because you're like, just, just make it with tennis balls. Make it with tennis balls. <laughs> What are we making geriatric people in this country retrofitting their own walkers? <laughs> they can't go to the sports authority. Like they can't drive with a utility knife. They can't How use their hands. The be- no, they not. can't cut into that Come and fit on. it up. They have a walker. They can't drive. Just get the. Plus, their service just, just the... go every. You know. Yeah, they can't put that in their shorts. Where right. are they keeping those balls? Anyway, the dog looked like a little. Hello. He was a dog version of the walker with a tennis Hello, ball. Hello, homemade tennis ball leg on. Yeah. He was getting around just fine. <laughs> then the bully came up, and yeah. the woman was still t- just talking. Why are you... Stop doing it. Don't do that, Eleanor. Eleanor. And then she turned to her friend. She said, you know, the worst part is, she's just like me. She said that! <laughs> you idiot! She said that! <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? You're right. Like, you're right, because that yeah. dog's the worst, and you... Also the worst! You're the worst. <laughs> You guys are the worst. Get out of here. My yeah. dog's got to pretend to fuck that guy till I break it up. <laughs> but, you know, I guess the thing is, is, like, we're trying to figure out how to deal with meeting other dog owners. Yes. Because, you know, as I said, you're trying... Because what do you... So when they're having set, When they're not having... Because you have to break it up. Because you yes. don't want it... Because there's not fixed yet. But after he's fixed... Gonna... I guess... What do you do after that? Do they still do? I don't know. They don't do that? Does anyone... What? Yes, they do still? They try to have... And it just doesn't go anywhere. Well, then do you just let them? You're like, ah, get it out of your system. Like, what is it? <laughs> Maybe if, okay, so if there's no results and they still have active sex, maybe we'll be like, maybe we'll be like the hip parents. Yeah. Where it's like, if he's going to do it anywhere, I want him to do it in this house. It's going to be safe. Get a girl over here. Have some Bacardis. Yeah. Just don't go anywhere. I wanna, uh, don't drive. Don't drive. Mm-mm. Um, That's how you do that, right, with dogs? Yeah, dogs don't drive. Dogs and old people, they don't drive. They don't drive. But they do both wear tennis balls. That's right. They wear tennis balls. <laughs> they don't drive. Uh, let's hear for Rio Butcher, guys. Thank let's hear for Rio Butcher. Hey, we got one final comic, and he is an old friend of mine. Uh, we came up together in Chicago. He's a hilarious dude, and I know you guys are going to love him. Let's hear it right now for the amazing Mr. James Fritz. Give it up for James. <laughs> One more time for Cam and Rhea and everyone. Hi. Hello. 
Hey, look, honey, it's a drunk white comedian with a beard. I know, it's rare. I apologize. I apologize for the beard. I know it's hack, but it's literally like the only thing my body can do to completion anymore. So I'm going to ride that out. Also, I'm poor, and it's a great money saver when you're broke as shit. Like, it's not some hip aesthetic choice for me. It's just razors are like 20 bucks for three of those motherfuckers, and I refuse to be held under the boot of the razor cabal. Come on, people. I get mad when I see a rich guy with a beard. Like, that's offensive to me and my people. Like, you're walking around in beard face, and it's 2014. Stop the hate. You know what I mean? Stupid. But, like, also... Also, I'm horrified of what's underneath at this point. It's been so long. Like, I have this weird Cronenbergian bump forming in the corner of my eye that I wouldn't have even found myself because mirrors are the enemy. But I was uh, making love to my girlfriend, and when we make love, we make, like to make eye contact. It's a nice thing to do for someone you're literally inside of. It's the least you can do to a person. And she's like, I've been staring at this bump for like three months and it's driving me crazy. And so then I'm obsessed with it and no Dr. McGee, go to Google. And I type my symptoms into Google and Google comes back with two options. Uh, Option one, just leave it alone. It'll probably heal on its own. Thanks for nothing, Google. Option two, stab it with a white hot needle. And that's the internet, right? That's what we've invented for ourselves, this angry world with no gray area where you must pick a side. This wasn't even politics. It was just me, I bump, and one side's like, hey man, who are we to intervene, you know? And the other side's like, burn it to the ground and salt the earth so nothing will ever grow in its stead. And I'm just like, I just want like a nice salve and like a reasonable third party. Like, have you ever been on a message board and had any faith in humanity after, after like, comment three? You know, like, it was a good project. And we carry these things around and look at them every three minutes, and we wonder why we're all, like, uptight, angry, narcissist assholes. It's because we have an anger machine in our pocket that we look at all day fucking long. And I'm kind of a politically-minded guy, so I follow, like, everyone left of fucking left on Twitter. So if you follow who I follow on Twitter, good luck stringing two happy minutes together in the course of a day. Every time you look at your phone, it's just like war, famine, uh, AIDS, death, sexism, uh, both the Pauls. There's two Pauls. That's not a world. And it's affected. I used to enjoy like simple things before the internet. I used to like a nice day off and just like smoke a joint and watch video games and just chuckle and be like, aren't we as fun, silly species? You know, like I used to enjoy shit like that. And I, I swear to God, I was watching Will of Fortune a couple, like, a couple months ago and it was Fleet Week where they have all the soldiers there and the soldiers are all there in their military garb and their wives are there all dolled up and they're like, everyone's happy. And I honestly had the thought, if, wouldn't it be great if during Fleet Week on Wheel of Fortune, every puzzle they had to solve was just a war crime that we've committed and like, they had to slowly realize it like letter by letter and you watched it like dawn on them as they just fell apart in front of their perfect wives just holding their hands for dear life while they looked for Pat. And Pat's fine because Pat don't crack. He's a fucking pro. And they're just like losing it and they just go, I would like to solve it, Pat. And he's just like, you can't, man. You can't. And which is a shame because the grand prize was mental health care for life. But we don't 
We don't do that, do we? You know who loves that jokes? Troops. If you didn't like it, you're a Taliban. Um, I'm the internet. <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, game shows. I went to a game show. I've been out here a little over a year and uh, from Kentucky originally. And... <laughs> seven years in Chicago and I came here and like my first month I lived down on Hollywood uh, like Santa Monica and Vine it's really nice it's Hollywood and a great area <laughs> I'm kidding it's fucking horrifying but everyone back home's like Hollywood and I'm like yeah yeah it's great the way the helicopters stir up the trash and sometimes it looks like it's snowing <laughs> Merry Christmas and so my first month here uh, I needed money and so I went to two tapings of a game show uh, for 70 bucks, nine hours of my life. I went to two tapings of American Bible Challenge, which is real. If you're not familiar, uh, don't worry, you godless heathens. It's the number one show on the game show network. Two years running, hosted by who? Jeff Foxworthy, because that's the law. And I'm there for seven hours. I didn't even know religious people. I was a little naive. I was like, I'm in the den of sin. I love it. I can't wait. And then, like, all these religious people in Hollywood just filled up the seats, and they were surrounding me. I heard a woman yell out loud to Jeff Foxworthy during a commercial break, lift up your pant leg. I want to kiss your boot. Ugh, I couldn't get hard for a month and a half after that. Just the idea of someone finding him sexually arousing, no judgment, but he's an asexual being, right? He's like R2-D2 or something. You can't... Have a, he's, it's like a brony type thing if you're into him and want that mustache tickling your Midwestern beaver. I don't fucking get it. So I heard that, and the man next to me, deeply religious, so morbidly, I don't like to make fun of people's weight, but this guy was so big, he literally crushed the chair during the taping, sitting next to me, just pancaked it, like squashing a spider, and the legs spread out. He was asleep. <laughs> fell to the ground, stayed asleep, stayed asleep, crushed a chair, stayed asleep. And I don't know if that's just the physics of the mass, like softening the blow or just the comfort one has when they know they have an everlasting life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But either way, I've never been more jealous of a person in my life and I'll never be that comfortable in public. <laughs> so that happened and it, it, was, uh, it was the finale it was like the grand season finale, so it was a big deal. And it was down to two teams of three. Uh, one team of three, these three brothers, all oh, these poor guys, just these three hapless virgins from like East, 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 West Connecticut or somewhere, just been <laughs> raised in a closet learning Bible verses or they get the lash, you know? And I felt so bad for them. It was these three little kids or like, <laughs> against three nuns in full habit dressed to, called the Sisters of Mercy, and they showed little mercy that day, my friends. But the kids beat the nuns. They beat the nuns in the greatest upset I've ever seen <laughs> live. And, uh, and so since it was the finale, everyone went crazy. Like, the band kicked in. They were shooting off confetti cannons, and, like, everyone was dancing. But I'm just sitting there staring at the nuns. Cause, and I was just watching confetti slowly rained down on three dejected nuns in full habit because they lost on questions about their husband. And sitting in my seat and looking at that, my first month, I was like, I love Los Angeles. Because this town can kill anybody's dreams. You guys have been great. Thank you. Have a
rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, Jazos! (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.